Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of the Happy Digital Podcast, a show for creators, makers, and doers. My goal is to help you, it's not Christmas anymore, but whatever, make to the max. My name is Ryan Hafey, and in this episode, we're going to talk about my new microphone and how it pairs with the Rodecaster Pro. Let's get into it. Hello. Let's see. Is my uh, audio board coming through? Yes. Wait, I think it was. Was it? Okay. I believe it was. All right, cool. Hello and welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. If you're new here, uh, my name is Ryan and um, I talk about all things really content creation, FPV, occasionally anything related to photography, video creation, all that kind of stuff. And I share my no my knowledge and my progress through the various projects that I take on with this podcast. So uh, if you're interested in that stuff, Bill, you're driving. You shouldn't be watching Facebook. Anyway, uh, someone on Facebook sent a message. Um, so if you're into that kind of stuff, hey, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening. And be sure to also follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And let's have a conversation once this is all said and done. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, if that's uh, what you're into, if that's what you celebrate. Uh, if not, I hope it was a nice, relaxing and lazy Friday for you. I uh, hope everybody got some cool stuff. I am currently talking into and holding on to something that I got for Christmas, and that would be the Shure SM7B microphone. It's a pretty legendary microphone, uh, at least when it comes to like the podcasting space. We'll get into all that eventually as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I hope everyone had a great Christmas. I am today, by the way, we'll bring back the, uh, the beverage feature because I am actually drinking a, I guess it'd be like a sparkling lemon tea. Uh, a soda stream was one of the gifts that I got for Christmas this year. So I've been experimenting with some different concoctions. I got to find out how to get the carbonation to stay in it, or at least be a little bit more intense in it. I'm, I'm almost afraid to like make the bottle that it comes with explode by pushing too much into it. But then after I chill everything, it doesn't seem like the flavor stays in for that long. I don't know. But it's still, still pretty refreshing. And that's just a little bit of tea concentrate and some uh, lemon mixed into some carbonated water. So that was a gift from, uh, the children, my children. So thank you very much to them. I've been having some fun with that. So yes, this is the new Shure SM7B. Uh, this mic, if you know nothing about microphones or if you don't really pay attention, um, take a good look at this mic. And then the next time that you watch a video or a video podcast of your favorite podcast or whatever, take a look at the, the mic that they're using. And there's a relatively high probability that this is probably the mic that they have. And I've been eyeballing this mic for a while. But previous to this, I was using this microphone. I'm going to take this little guard off here, which this is the... Uh, Audio Technica AT2035, which is it's about $120, I want to say $130. Um, decent mic, not my favorite. Um, it's it's it just it got the job done. It's an XLR microphone. Um, this one I think usually sells for about $499, the Shure SM7B, but uh 
right now it looks like it's on sale for closer to uh, $399. So, uh, and I have a link to this as well as a link to the Roadcaster Pro, which we will be discussing as well. Uh, both of those are linked in the description below. Check them out if you like. But how does it sound? Um, I think it sounds pretty good. We're gonna, I'm gonna get into, and obviously my experience with this microphone thus far is limited to really just since Christmas day up until now. But I did spend some time uh, pairing it with the Rodecaster, going through and trying to optimize some of the settings in the Rodecaster. Uh, as you may or may not be familiar, the Rodecaster does offer um, a few onboard audio processing options. For example, you have a high pass filter, noise gate, de-esser, compressor, and um, some other like these Aphex um, effects that we can talk about in a little bit. But what I noticed when I was um, kind of looking through, because what I was trying to figure out were what are some of the best setups or some of the best settings to use on the Rodecaster to make this thing sound the best and to bring out its full potential. And I realized that there weren't a lot of, um, of, of videos out there really talking about that. Um, at least not directly. You kind of had to fight or you kind of had, you had to hunt for some things and you, and I found that I had to look at a few different videos to really find what I wanted or the information that I was looking for. And at the end of the day, um, I just ended up having to come up with my own custom settings that fit best. So what I figured I would do was give my review of this thing, but also talk through the settings that I came up with and put into place with this. And hopefully if there's anyone out there who has the same microphone and roadcaster setup, or if you're planning on getting the same setup, this will help you in being able to set up and, and optimize the sound quality coming out of this thing going through the roadcaster. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so let's, let's talk about the mic in general. I mean, again, this thing's been around for a long time. Uh, it's very well built. It's um, this is actually a different uh, wind muff that comes with it. It's a little bit more. Let's see. This is <clears throat> this is the one that comes on it by default. Um, but you know, just in case any any time I, I did I did I wanted to avoid plosives. <laughs> like I'm blowing directly into it, and with this windscreen or this uh, I don't know what do you this wouldn't be called a dead cat. Just you know what I mean. But if you blow into it. <laughs> You, uh, you don't get a lot of that air noise and it's really good at um, not, you know, at, at avoiding plosives and things like that, like with hard P's and things. So I like that about it. I like the construction. Construction feels really good. Um, you can kind of move it around a little bit and not get a whole lot of, um, you know, physical noise that shows up in it. I mean, if I do this, you can obviously hear it if I tap on it, stuff like that. But um, there are some options on the back as well where you can adjust, like, I think that one, there's two tabs, one adjusts the amount of bass that goes through the others, um, as a, like a presence boost. I just kind of left them on default, which is more of a flat mode. One thing I did notice, and this is something that I knew prior to getting this is that it's on the quieter side. In fact, what a lot of people will do is buy what's called a cloud lifter, which basically you would, um, plug this uh, this would go directly into a cloud lifter, which would then go into your audio interface, which in my case is the Rodecaster Pro. And that the cloud lifter essentially just gives it some clean gain and kind of boosts the volume on this thing. So you don't have to be pushing your audio interface so far. 
that was one of the things that I was looking into because um, I didn't know if I would have to get a cloud lifter to use this thing and to optimize it or if I could use the Rodecaster. And there was one video, I should link it in the description because I, I, I haven't, but it's the only video that I could find of someone who actually compared the Shure SM7B um, with and with, uh, they, they, they used the Shure SM7B and the Rodecaster and they did a side-by-side -side comparison, one with the Shure connected to a cloud lifter into the Rodecaster, another without any cloud lifter. And what this video showed is that Yes, there was a noticeable um, boost in gain using the cloud lifter, but it wasn't that much compared to without it. And the thing with this Roadcaster is that it offers gain controls and, you know, within like the compressor and stuff like that, it gives you the option to um, boost your gain a little bit. So... I don't think that I'm going to need to get a cloud lifter, but there are some some concerns that I have and some issues that I had setting setting this thing up and, and kind of fine tuning everything. And we'll talk through some of those. But uh, I mean, so far, it's 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 a great mic. It sounds good. I think um, I I always thought that the uh, the AT2035, my my previous mic, it just it whatever. And I'm not I'm not the biggest audiophile, but whatever dynamic range is is called in the audio world, I felt like that one didn't have a ton of dynamic range to it, meaning that it was very easy to push it to the limit. I always felt it was a little amplified, and of course, that could have been as a, a result of some of the settings that I was using as well. Um, but it just felt it sound it felt a little harsh to me, and this one seems a little bit more even keeled, I guess you would say. So without further ado what i want to do here so none of my camera angles currently are going to show you the roadcaster which is here so but luckily um the roadcaster does offer an effects um what do they call it an effects editor that you can use to adjust some of the settings of the compressor and all that stuff on your desktop um and it'll uh, uh, um update on the actual unit itself. So what I want to do, let's go here. I set this up this morning. Okay, perfect. So because this is, uh, let's see, there, this is the full screen, and which makes this very, very small, the effects um, process or whatever studio. So I created a new source here to zoom in on this upper corner. Now, where did my mouse go? There it is. First world problems. Can't find my mouse on my big monitor here. Hopefully you can see that a little bit better. So. What I want to do is go through all of these. So you've got high pass, you've got noise gate, you've got deesser compressor, and then these Apex effects that we'll talk about a little bit here. Um, before we do that, that though, actually, let me go back to uh, there. We go. We'll go back here because um, the first thing that I did when setting this up was uh, figuring out the level. So I needed to figure out what, because that's, you have three options. So you can, well, actually first thing you should do whenever you get a new microphone and you also have the Rodecaster is you want to make sure that you set up which mic, you're, which type of mic you're using. So you're not going to be able to see this, but if you press, I wonder if I can, you can kind of see here in the corner of the bottom left corner of your screen there at the top of this basically uh, is associated with each different mic input that you have. If you press on it, you have the option to 
select which microphone you're using, ch change the level, and also to uh, adjust the effects. So within microphone, again, which you can't see, you get different options like different Rode options like the Rode Pod Mic, the Rode Procaster, et cetera, et cetera. And then you also have some more general uh, options if in fact you don't have a Rode Mic, which is this is not. And you have a uh, condenser and dynamic. And depending on what you choose, it'll change the way that it sounds. So this is a dynamic mic. So I have selected dynamic within the menu there. And then from there, I went into level and level is where you can, where you would determine, uh, you would turn on phantom power if you need it. And you would also adjust the level of the microphone to make sure that you're getting your levels within kind of the, uh, effective range. So, uh, I did have to turn it up to, I think it's like right at 40. Yeah. Right now I have it, my level on this set to 47. I tried a couple different things, maybe going a little bit lower with the levels and then adjusting gain within the compressor, which again, we'll get into a little bit. Uh, ultimately I found that I got the best quality when I bumped up the level a little bit higher and then uh, took it a little bit easier within the compressor. I'm not an audio expert, so, um, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, but just based on everything I've looked into, this seems to work out pretty well. So let's go back in here. Boom, boom. Awesome. And let's talk about some of these audio processing options. Um, so for starters, this right now, I've just turned off all processing. This is, let's see. Okay. Actually, whoa, what did I do there? And why is it so loud now? That I don't understand. So I turned off all effect edit mode to edit effects, enable edit effects, edit mode. So when I turn that on, it drastically changes the, um, the sound of the audio. And I don't know exactly where, where that, okay, I turned it off again, where that sound adjustment is coming from. You kind of see, I don't know why I keep moving that around. Then I turn it on and now, um, effects edit mode is turned on but I have processing turned off, which means that any changes I've made within these, uh, the noise gate, high pass, all that is currently off. So this is kind of what it sounds like, just clean. And then when I turn on processing, you can hear, hopefully you can hear at least, that there's a little bit of a boost uh, into the, the auto quality. So let's start with high pass. High pass filters are essentially going to um, cut off low frequencies. So I, I usually by default will turn on a high pass filter because, you know, in this room I've got, I've got an air, uh, air conditioning vent or a heater vent that comes in that sometimes, and I've got air conditioning vents right outside, which this time of year isn't a huge deal. But when you've got kind of that low rumble of an air conditioning unit or other electronics going on or appliances that can tend to show up in some of those low frequencies. So turning on a high pass, which means you're allowing the high frequencies to pass and cutting off some of the lower frequencies, you can get rid of some of those low rumbles. So I usually use a default of 80 Hertz uh, on the high pass filter, which I have now. If I turn this off, this may not translate, but let's, cause I have a noise gate on, but let's see, uh, turning the high pass off now and turning it back on. Okay. In this case, yeah, you definitely, definitely doesn't make a, a huge bit of difference, but it's just kind of good to have there again, if some of those low rumbles end up getting introduced into your audio. Going over to noise gate. So noise gate is an interesting one in that, um, it's, 
you can definitely, it's very, very easy to go too far with noise gate. And basically what noise gate does is it's going to get rid of all background noise, um, until you reach a certain, a certain threshold of decibel range, if that makes sense. So I'm going to turn it off and let's see if you can hear the difference. So, so this is, I'll give you some silence with the noise gate applied and turned on. Here we go. So you can tell that it's, you know, quiet when I'm not speaking. Now we'll turn noise gate off and this may be more pronounced if you're actually wearing, um, headphones, but here we go. Turning it off now. Now, if you're listening closely, you may hear just some more ambient noise going on. For example, this light above me here does have a fan on it, which is not very loud, but it's loud enough to be heard. Um, but uh, yeah, this is what it sounds like with the noise gate off. And again, if we turn it back on, it just sort of gets rid of that surrounding noise so that when I'm not speaking, there's no just ambient kind of whatever going on. I guess in that sense, it's similar to a high pass, but different in the sense that it just sort of removes all background noises and to adjust this you adjust this first this threshold which um, is going to affect at which decibel range the noise gate is going to kick in so um, and and the way that I find this here if you go over to this compressor we're going to jump ahead a little bit and talk about the compressor I'm going to turn the compressor off again I need to stop moving that there we go if I turn the compressor off and I stop talking, take a look up in, in this, the bottom area and see uh, what's going on. Actually, I'm gonna turn the noise gate off as well. So compressor is off. And if I stop talking, you can see that there's, in this case, there's barely anything going on down at the bottom. Um, so if we go back into noise gate, like the, the lowest possible option that you can choose here, if we enable this again, is negative 60 decibels. I'm going to undo that there. Um, and you don't need, in this case, a whole lot of uh, noise gate applied because our levels in the compressor are already so low when when we're not speaking, when we're not actually actively using the mic. So I can set this threshold really low. Attack is how fast it's going to, the, the noise gate's going to be applied. Hold... Um, I forget what hold is, to be honest, but I, I used a video that <laughs> explained that. But release is going to be how quickly the um, the noise gate is, the noise gate effect is released once you stop talking. Uh, if you have a longer release, it's going to um, basically hold on to that for whatever period of time you, ass you assign here next to release. And if it's too long, you might hear the effects start to roll off versus more naturally, more natural roll off. If you make it too short, then it can kind of sound unnatural because it's just going to be an instant cut from no noise gate to noise gate. Hope that makes sense. And then range, we'll apply this here. Let me turn this compressor back on as well. So like right now, the range is at 9.4. If you reduce or if you uh, increase the range here, again, um, most effective here if you're using headphones, but if you increase the range, then you're not, it's essentially how much, how many decibels, uh, are you going to be of noise? Are you going to be reducing? If you're reducing zero decibels of range, then you're not reducing any of the background noise. If you do too much, if you do too much like this, then all of the background noise is reduced 
However, if you can kind of hear how I'm talking, when I talk, it's, it's, it's just this very sort of harsh on and off of the noise gate um, effect. So what I like to do, yes, undo. Uh, so what I've set it at is 9.4 decibels. I actually may beef that up to closer to 10. But what I, I wanted to set this to where if I'm not talking, I only want there to be the slightest hint of sort of ambient noise going on as I listen in my headphones. Um, I don't want it to be completely silent, again, because it's going to be a natural, and I don't want it to be too loud to where it's going to start to impact the quality of the audio. So I think right around 10 or so is a good range for this. So this is, with the Shure, without a cloud lifter, uh, it does a really good job at preventing background noise in the first place, so you're not going to need a ton of noise gate applied. Um, but because I have had to increase the gain in some places, that's when you'll start to experience more of that background noise and, and some, a little bit of hiss. And by the way, what I have noticed too is that, um, and this may just be settings based on how I have things set up on the Rodecaster Pro, but I get a, a solid amount of hiss when I turn up my headphones and, and I'm just listening as I talk, there's, there's some hiss coming through the headphones, but then I've noticed that when I do a, just a straight recording through the roadcaster or directly into say Adobe audition, that level of hiss is almost non-existent. So I have to do a little bit more research to figure out what the origin of that is. But that was enough, at least initially to sort of give me a little pause and say, wait a minute, is, is the mic giving me a lot of hiss is it coming just is it just from the headphones is it showing up in recordings i had to do tests with all that anyway let's move on past this let's go into the de-esser we're not going to spend a ton of time on the de-esser um de-esser basically is going to remove any instances like of, of hard sibilance like when you use s s noises if i turn the de-esser off it may not make much of a difference here, but let's try. So right now the de-esser is on, and if I say Sally sells she's seashells by the seashore, you'll notice it. Just yeah, just let's see what it sounds like without it. Now the de-esser is off. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Turning it back on. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. So de-esser is just going to kind of limit your um the the amount the impact that those s's and sh sounds have in your recordings and it makes it a little bit less harsh and again because you know this wind muff does a really good job and uh I, I didn't have to apply a ton of it you can take a look at the settings that i've used here um and i don't recall adjusting these all too much but yeah these are the settings that i decided on um there you go. So now let's move into the compressor. <clears throat> and what a compressor is going to do is it's going to kind of, you know, if you've got a lot of fluctuations in your audio, if your audio waveforms look like this, if you're peaking in certain areas, compression is going to kind of put those peaks into check and also bring up your, your quieter. Um, so if you have, if you have a huge, let's say if your waveforms are sort of doing a lot of this between this range and this range, and you're, some of it's a little bit too quiet, some of it's peaking, compression is gonna kinda just bring things in and rein it in and make the quiet things a little bit louder and make the really loud things a little bit quieter. 
uh, which is going to give you more even. Now you can add, you can definitely apply too much compression to where things just sound way unnatural. But what I was in in the research that I've done, what I found what that was the best way to do this. Uh, these are the settings I came up with. So negative twenty five, and I'm going to turn it off here just to kind of show you what's going on. So the compressor is off now. You can hear that I got a little bit quieter. Um, and then if I turn it on, you can hear it's back on now. You can hear that there's a little bit of a boost there. And that boost comes a lot from the gain. Um, and the way you want to set up a compressor, first of all, is uh, this threshold here at the top. You want to start there. If you have your threshold set too high, meaning right now I have a threshold of zero, uh, there's no compression being added because you're not asking it to kick in at a certain threshold. So now if I undo that and let's say, so 25.3 is kind of my, is my current threshold of what I, what you want to see here is that when you start to get, if I start to talk a little bit loud, you start to see the compression kicking in, but it's only kicking in periodically. If I bump this threshold up, now you can hear that I got a lot more quiet. The compressor is really working hard to push down some of these uh, louder peaks, these higher peaks that I have when I'm speaking. And that is entirely too much compression. And as you can probably tell, it just sounds, the audio quality now sounds really bad. So I'm going to, I'm going to slowly start to move this forward. You can see the compressor is kicking in less and less and less and less until you get to a range where, uh, you know, maybe I'll bring it up to 25.3. So now, if I'm talking and I get a little animated, you'll see that the uh, the compressor kicks in just enough to kind of keep those peaks under control. You go 25 and a half. Ratio, uh, I have 3.1 to one, and it was something like um, for every three decibels, you get one, de I forget exactly, but let's if you move it like that, again, compression um, stops kicking in. If you go too high, then uh, this sounds this sounds it sounds a little bit more boomy, a little bit more um, kind of in your face. So now bringing it back down to three point one, this is what I settled on. Attack uh, again. This is how quickly that the compression effect is applied. With uh, if you have something that's well, here we'll do this. So if, if you do it too fast then the compressor just kicks in basically automatically. It can sound a little unnatural. If you go too slow, this one is interesting because the compression, and again, because I have so little compression applied, um, attack's not going to be, you're not going to hear the effects of this as much. But with a strong or with a long attack, it's, that means it's just basically going to take, in this case, 10 milliseconds for it to uh, to kick in, and you don't want that. So adjust, play with it a little bit and see what finds uh, sounds most natural. In my case, it was about five milliseconds. Again, same thing with the release. Um, the, the longer the release time, the longer it takes for the compression effect to roll off. The shorter the release time, the faster. A fast release time tends to sound more unnatural. And then gain, this was kind of the last thing that I adjusted here. Uh, right now I have it set to five. If I go down to zero, you can probably hear that my voice got quieter. If I were to bump it up, now I'm, I'm at 20 decibels, and wow, does that sound intense. Uh, that is definitely way too much gain, and it's definitely unnecessary. So I'm going to keep it right around 5 decibels, 
And I think that works. So that, when you compare the gain there with the levels that I set, um, that for me was the best combination. Like I mentioned before, I tried reducing those levels down and then boosting the gain up here in the compression. And I just, I felt that it was best to have the higher level and then the lower gain boost here. Now, if I had the cloud lifter, I imagine I could probably keep this gain at zero or at the very least lower the levels um, on the board there. But again, you know, the, the gain boost seems okay with the Rodecaster, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, but yeah, compression. There you go. And finally, we had these Aphex um, effects here. There's an Oral Exciter. This one just, I felt like, kind of gives the voice a little bit more of a, a boost. So if I turn it on, you can kind of, it feels a little bit fuller, but it also feels a little too much at times. And you can change the tune and the harmonics and, and the mix. Like I can, if I bring this all the way up to 100%, you can definitely hear the impact of this Oral Exciter. It is way too intense. So you can change it to where you have the effect applied, but only a little bit. You know, if I was going to keep this Oral Exciter on, I'd definitely bring the mix down to between like 20 and 25. But I personally feel like having it applied is unnecessary. I did add a bit of big bottom, which just sort of adds a little bass boost. If I turn this off, you can kind of hear what this sounds like. Uh, less of the, the low end kind of boost. And then if you enable it, then you get a little bit more of that radio voice sound. Uh, if that's something you like, and again, you can adjust the intensity of that. Right now I have it mixed at 25. If I boost this all the way up to 100, you can hear that uh, that adds a lot of bass. We don't need that much bass by any means. So we're gonna go ahead and bring that on back down to 25. So again, uh, processing off, all processing off right now. So you can kind of hear that I sound a little, a little hollow, uh, not a lot of depth coming in from the mic here. And then when I turn processing back on, you get that little bit of uh, bass boost, you get a little bit more clarity, a little bit more gain. And to me, that sounds really good. Uh, and I'm sure that I will be tweaking this as I go more and more. Uh, but, uh, this cause I'm never settled as soon as I, so it comes, whether it's with, uh, you know, audio stuff or, you know, color grading, I'll get to a point where I'm like, yeah, that, that looks okay. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later I find that I want to change it up and, or that I, you know, just want to try something different and I'm never settled. That's just how my mind works, I guess. Okay. So there we go, folks. Where are we at? Nope. There we go. So that is the Shure SM7B. So far, uh, I'm impressed. I like it. I like, uh, I like how it looks. I like how it feels. I can kind of move it around like this and not worry about it too much. It fits well and works well with my current boom system. Obviously, it's XLR, so it plugs directly in right here. I like how it hangs down a little bit low, so it's not you know, getting in the way of some things here in the frame. And uh, I'm happy with it. It's not the most high-end mic you can buy, but definitely not the lowest. And a lot of people use it. Joe Rogan uses it. Uh, a lot of podcasters use this mic. So if you can afford it, uh, I think it's worth it. Check it out. Anyway, I appreciate you being here with me today. And uh, if you like what you saw, I encourage you to hit the 
subscribe button wherever you happen to be watching or listening and follow me on social media at Ryan Hafey, Ryan Hafey on Instagram and Twitter. And let's have a conversation over there when this is all said and done. Um, but until then, I'm going to go ahead and call this one quits. So I encourage you to keep on creating, making, and doing. And we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.